Hello everyone, welcome back. Have you signed up for Diet Ditchers Academy yet? The answer is no. I don't know what you are waiting for because let me tell you, living a life where you are just giving in to diet culture and just not loving every version of yourself can just be so exhausting. So if you are ready to ditch diets forever, learn how to properly nourish your body and find the unique and individual healthy lifestyle that works for you and that isn't just some cookie cutter you know meal plan or workout plan that um, trainers give you i highly recommend diet ditchers academy because i give you all the tools that i use to ditch diets um just really reframe my my mentality and my relationship with food and it is just so empowering so diet ditchers academy is a six-week online self-paced course so you can take it whenever is most convenient for you there are weekly topics and homework assignments and videos and it's something that you get to keep forever and you can retake the course if you want to and it comes with you know a bunch of freebies um, on there as well like recipes and journaling prompts so if you have not signed up for it yet or if you just want to learn more, go to thisismirandalee.com slash DDA, as in Diet Ditchers Academy, and go check it out. All right, so on today's episode, I have a special guest, Georgia Gray, who shares her journey with struggling with chronic illnesses and autoimmune diseases and how she's used nutrition to really help her recover and live a more enjoyable life but not falling victim to her disease. And she has so much amazing insight on this topic. So if you're someone who is struggling with something like Lyme disease or celiac disease or any other um, chronic illness, you're really gonna wanna listen to this episode because Georgia has some amazing things that she shares with us. Welcome to the Empowered Podcast, hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all-or-nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. Hello, Georgia. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited for everything we're going to cover today, especially like the topic of how to eat and live with a chronic illness. But before we dive into all these questions that I have for you, can you introduce yourself and tell the audience who you are and what you do? Yes, absolutely. I'm excited to dig into all these things as well. So um, like you mentioned, my name is Georgia Gray and I run a holistic nutrition practice out of Denver, Colorado. Um, I also see clients um, outside of Denver, but that's where my office is based. Um, and to make a long story short, I myself went through went through it with my health. I was super sick with celiac disease, Lyme disease. I had a misdiagnosis with rheumatoid arthritis. 
And kind of simultaneously, as I was going through my own health journey, I enrolled in nutrition school. Um, And so I was fortunate that I, I had this knowledge and then also just this belief that I could really heal with, with food. Um, so ultimately through kind of going through it for years, just with what comes with Lyme disease, with my health, um, I was really able to get through it. And I credit a lot of that to food and to slowing down and really learning how to take care of myself and and my body. Um, and then, you know, once I kind of came to the other side of it, I realized how, you know, unfortunately there are so many people with chronic illness and so many people who don't feel well. And it really was this calling to, um, help other people with what I had discovered on my own journey. So I used to be a first grade teacher. So I started my practice just kind of part-time while I was still teaching and, you know, building my website when my kids were in art class and things like that. And then in the summer of 2019, I left teaching and I launched whole body healing full-time. And so now I I work with my clients one-on-one, um, I say I work with people that don't feel well. So whether that's someone with a diagnosis like Lyme disease or an autoimmune condition or hormone imbalance, or someone that's just like, Hey, I have headaches and my stomach hurts, um, creating those individualized plans for them that given that I'm holistic involve both the food and then also, um, you know, all the other things that contribute to our health and wellness. So that's a quick version of a little bit about me and, and what I do. Uh, that's awesome. Um, were you, did you always have this holistic approach to healing or did like, you know, the beginning, like you said, they misdiagnosed you was that, did they misdiagnose you when you had Lyme disease or like how, cause if they're diagnosing you, were you at a holistic doctor? How did you make this decision to take a more holistic approach to your illness? Yeah. So I think it was a little bit of, of both. Um, you know, when I, so celiac came before the Lyme. So that was kind of started in college where I started to have really bad migraines and joint pains and awful, awful acid reflux. And so that kind of, and then that's what led me to my nutrition school, because for the first time I was cooking and looking at like, why are there ingredients I can't pronounce in my food? And just became really fascinated by food and nutrition. And then my nutrition school was holistic. And so I think that, um, was ultimately what led me to just more that holistic route. And then I think, you know, just growing up in Denver, um, it it tends to be a little bit more, even, you know, growing up a little bit more mainstream here than perhaps it, um, is other places, which I was fortunate, but I think it definitely, so I got diagnosed, misdiagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and, it wasn't until about like a year and a half later that they finally figured out it was a Lyme. But I think when I got that Lyme diagnosis, it was almost this push and pull where I refused to look at anything, but being holistic. And so now I'm just such a believer for my clients and for myself that it's just really not black and white all the time when it comes to our health. So how did you even approach healing your illness or your disease with nutrition Because, you know, I I hear a lot of people who say, like, even myself, you know, I have certain allergies, I try to eat, um, you know, food with that are more nutrient dense, just because I know how beneficial um, nutrition and whole foods can be. But it's different when you're really like trying to treat a disease. So how do you even approach that? Where do you even start? 
Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think it's, it's definitely this like added layer when you're dealing with chronic illness, because so for example, when I'm out to dinner with people and I ask if something is gluten-free, it's like, I have to explain whether it's, you know, a new acquaintance or whatever, I'm celiac. Like I can't just cheat here and there because I have autoimmune conditions. And so I think it's such this balance of, you know, I have to eat and had to eat in a certain way for my body. Um, but then I also know that I can't live in the space of total, total restriction because I think then that makes it worse. And so it's kind of been this balancing act of like, how do you eat in a way that's going to not make you flare for Lyme, but then also not make yourself miserable. So when I kind of first started my protocol, I, um, I originally started with the Mediterranean diet and that didn't work for me. And then I did the autoimmune paleo diet for a few months and it was just super, super restrictive. And I felt, um, I learned a lot, but I, again, I just, I felt miserable where it's like no nuts, no caffeine, no eggs. And and I found that kind of the emotional toll of just feeling so like regimented and, um, you know, just restricted, it almost made me feel worse. And so then I, I was able, and this is what I do a lot with my clients now where it's okay. Yeah. I know that if I eat gluten, I I can't do that. I know if I eat gluten-free grains, that hurts my joints. So Monday to Friday, I'm going to pretty much eat paleo because I know I'm not going to get a flare, but if it's Saturday night and I want some corn chips and a margarita, I'm not going to die. And I know I'm going to be okay. So I would say it's, it's kind of this 80, 20 for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that, that answers that there's kind of a lot to, to the healing process from Lyme. Yeah. And I, one of the things I took away from what you said is, you know, there is a lot of trial and error and I know it can be kind of discouraging, um, to, you know, get into it and be like, "Mm, this is working, but it's not enjoyable or maybe it's not working and you were told it would. So, you know, every body is different and yeah, all you can really do is do your research, self-educate, reach out to others and, and see what works for yourself. So, um, how did you find the balance between, you know, eating healthy and the way that you want for your chronic illness, but not being obsessed with, with certain foods where, you know, you end up depriving yourself or fearing foods. Totally. And, and again, there was such this fear of food because I was so sick and it was so, And it was a legitimate, legitimate thing of like, okay, when I was having nightshades, my joints would swell. And so again, it was such this, such this funky push pull of, okay, I know I have to restrict to a certain extent, but I know I can't live this way forever. So, um, yeah, I think kind of the biggest thing of back to what I was saying, I would just say that the vast majority of the time I'm, I'm careful and I'm conscious of, of what I eat, but I, I don't, I find that within those parameters where I don't say no, where again, if I'm out to eat and something's gluten-free and cheesy pizza, I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I know that it's not going to hurt me and or mess up all the work that I had done, because I think that's what I see a lot too, with my clients and with myself of where it's like, okay, I've been so strict for this long. And am I going to mess up everything I've done by having this gluten-free pizza? And it's like, no, you're not going to mess it up you're safe. It's okay. So I think at first it was a lot of 
kind of just self-talk that, okay, I've done this piece to heal and to get better. And so now you can be a little bit more flexible. Um, And then, you know, I think in my day to day, again, I eat just that more whole foods approach first. And then I also, I don't restrict myself. And if I want a cookie, I'm going to have a cookie, but I'm going to have a grain-free cookie and yummy dark chocolate. So it's finding ways to eat in the way that I know is not going to make me flare, but then also not again, make me miserable. Yeah. It's so interesting hearing, um, like this different point of view, because like you literally have to eat a certain way because it is like physically painful if, if you don't, Yeah. but it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Um, so like, while I don't deal with any autoimmune issues or diseases, it's still hearing your story is like, wow, it's so interesting that even you who do struggle with, um, an illness that you still can't have that all or nothing mentality. And it's kind of, it's kind of the same outcome, which I, I find that, I find that really interesting because for me, if I were to have that all or nothing mentality and let's say overeat quote unquote unhealthy, I don't like I don't like labeling foods that, but Mm -hmm. if I were, you know, to have that all or nothing mentality, I would get a different type of sick. It would be like more food guilt, upset stomach, where with someone who is struggling with an an autoimmune disease or chronic illness, that it would physically hurt them. And it's so interesting hearing you say that it's not going to undo all the work that you did and just making these healthy choices. But like you said earlier, that, that 80, 20 rule, can you um, for those who don't really know what that 80, 80, 20 role is, can you explain that? Yeah, definitely. So it just means that, you know, 80% of the time I'm eating a certain way. And then 20% of the time there's, there's flexibility and zero restriction. And so the easiest thing that I try to do is like I mentioned earlier, you know, when I'm cooking, I, or buying groceries, I pretty much eat paleo, but then if I'm at a friend's house or out to dinner, as long as it's gluten-free because I'm celiac, I'll eat it. And I'm not going to sweat it. Or if I'm at work and there's this amazing cafe down the street and they have paleo chocolate chip cookies, I'm going to have it, but it's, I'm not doing that every single day for, um, you know, eating out every single day. So it's basically just eating healthy the, and whole foods, the majority of of the time that I know nourish my body and make me feel good. So can you explain, um, also why nutrition has such a big impact on our health? Um, Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, the way that the the medical world is now, they rather just put a slap a bandaid on it by, Oh, here, have some, some medication, take this pill, take antibiotics. Oh my gosh, whatever it may be, have these steroids. Um, when that honestly should be our, our last option and nutrition should be, you know, our first option. So can you dive deep into that? Yeah, definitely. I always say too, to, you know, if I had a dollar for, how pretty much every client I have has been in doctor's office, just being like, I don't feel well, something's wrong with me and just being kind of pat on the head that they're fine. And so I think before I get into the nutrition piece of it, I do think it's important for people to um, hear and just feel validated that if if your intuition is feeling like something is off, 
internally. I don't feel well. And even if people are telling you no, just to listen to that and stick to it, because I think ultimately, you know, better, you know, you and your body better than I do or a doctor does or anyone else. So point being, when it comes to that, trust your, your intuition, but yeah, when it comes to food and just, um, you know, people not feeling well, it, it really is to kind of simplify it all just a matter of inflammation in the body. So you're and, it, and a lot of that just is all coming back to your, your gut health. Um, and your gut is just a loose term for all of your digestive organs. And if you were to take it out of your body and stretch it out, it's about the size of a tennis court. And it's where 70 to 90% of your immune system lies. So when your gut is compromised, that means that your immune system is compromised, which means that you're experiencing inflammation. And I just describe inflammation as little tiny fires in your body. So that can manifest as autoimmune diseases, but it can also just be acid reflux or headaches or joint pain or brain fog or feeling super tired or your hormones feeling out of whack. That's all just inflammation. And I think the thing that happens is that we get so used to not feeling well. And we might just think, oh yeah, I just get headaches every day at three in the afternoon. And that's that, but it really isn't normal to not, to not feel well. Um, and there's a variety of ways that your gut can get compromised. And, um, you know, a lot of it can be genetic, environmental, you know, living in this toxic environment or just walking outside with pollution, our food, having GMOs and Roundup and, um, antibiotics. I see that so much with clients that are kind of in our millennial generation where it's like being nineties kids of all of these GMO foods that were really, that we were brought up with and then always prescribe z And so over time, your, your gut lining, which again is where your immune system lies, that gets compromised from all of these different things. And then those toxins seep into your bloodstream and that's, what's causing that inflammation. So that's how, but the good news is, is that we can heal and repair and restore your gut with food. So that's kind of that inflammation food connection is really coming back to gut health. Yeah. Gut health is, it's so important because like even with things as simple as like heartburn, people are like, Oh, I'll just yeah. take a Tums, but that's not identifying the root problem, which goes back to your gut. Or like you said, in the very beginnings, even people who struggle with headaches, once again, goes back to your gut health as well. So, um, can you give, I guess, some, some more examples of maybe, I don't know, some clients that you've had where it was something as simple as a headache, but, you know, fixing, um, their gut health or healing the relationship with food or viewing nutrition differently really changed their lives. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's kind of some things I see a ton of are, um, so, and I think kind of, again, to reiterate what you're saying, where it's, yeah, we can have those quick fixes of like a Tums or an Advil and sure it puts a bandaid on it. But again, we don't have to live that way. We can really dig into that, that root cause. And, and I think I hear that a lot with people who are like, oh, I just have a little thyroid issue or I just have celiac. And it's like, well, no, these are actually serious and a big deal. And, and, but most importantly, you don't have to live this way forever. So I would say, I see a lot of, um, thyroids, um, a lot of like bloat and then kind of people who've been diagnosed IBS. I always say IBS is just, we don't know. So we're just going to tell you, you have IBS. Um, and so I've had clients, you know, who they can't sleep through the night because they have to go to the bathroom so often, or they're so irregular, they're in so much pain. And then with food, they're 
completely normal or fine. Or I've had people that are get their blood work back and they are, you know, qualifying to be pre-diabetic or their cholesterol super high. And that's all inflammation too, where we can really lower that through food and have had amazing success stories of people coming back however many months later and their, their blood work is showing it that, so it's not just, not only do people feel better with food, but it's in the blood work too. If people need any more confirmation there. Yeah. Cause food goes way beyond just calories and macros, oh, especially yeah. with the diet culture we live in now, people are like, Oh, it's all about calories in versus calories out. And it's like, okay, maybe if it, in a way when it comes to weight loss versus weight gain, but, but yeah, like food, we should treat food like medicine and essentially that's what it should be. But I know, like you said, with celiac, while I'm gluten intolerant, I do not struggle with celiac. My little sister on the other hand is, um, does have celiac disease and it can just really be consuming of your whole life. So how do you like not, identify yourself, like not make your disease, your identity and not fall victim to a disease that you may have maybe struggling with a short period of time, or maybe it's something that you're going to have all your life. How do you, how do you not fall into that? Cause I know that can be really detrimental to your mental health. Absolutely. We're, we're on the, the same wavelength right now. I actually, before we got on our conversation, I was just writing an Instagram post about this exact same thing. Um, and, you know, my kind of, I don't know, trick, if you will, for living with Lyme and celiac is that I, I just, I don't think about it all the time. And that's not to say that I'm in denial about it, right? Where it's like, I know I have to eat a certain way. I know I need a lot of rest. I know I can't exercise too much. Like I know certain things that I, I have to do, but I refuse to let illnesses run my life and be my identity. I just am not going to do that. It's not my disease. It's just something in my body. It's not mine. Um, and again, that's not saying I'm denying it. I think it's more of this place of acceptance, um, that this is what I have, but it's not me and it's not my identity and I'm not a victim to it. And, um, yeah, so I'm just not going to think about it all the time and give it that much power. But, I will say that that was not always the case at all, where I definitely had, and I think it's necessary for healing to have those moments of screaming into a pillow of just why me, this is so unfair. This stinks. Um, why are other people helping can do things? Why do I have to worry about what I eat? And I think you need to have those moments, but I think once you work through some of that, yeah, don't let it define you. It's not you. Yeah. But I think another great way to look at it is like, if you wouldn't have struggled with these, these illnesses, you wouldn't be where you are today, like helping other people. So, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of us, we get to where we are now, where we find things that we're interested in. If it's like a struggle that we had ourselves, or maybe we saw someone close in our family go through Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's a bummer, but it's all about your mindset and the mentality you have around that problem. And like you said, our, we choose if we're going to give, give it power or, you know, cause our descriptions aren't our definitions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. So when you work with clients, do you, I don't remember, you said you have a course with your clients 
or one-on-one coaching? What do you do with people who are struggling? Yeah. So I have both. So I have, um, I have an online autoimmune course if someone's autoimmune and I I created that as a go at your own pace thing, because at first I was going to do it live. And then I was like, when I was sick, the last thing I would be able to do is log on at a certain point. So that's a course that you can, you know, take from bed, go at your own pace. Um, and it's a lot cheaper than working with me on one-on-one. And then I do one-on-one client work. So I work with clients for five, 10 or 20 sessions, come into my office and then just get that individualized plan because something that works for me doesn't work for someone else and figure out, okay, let's get you feeling better is always the number one priority. And then with every single person I sit with, it's never just about the food. So talking about, okay, how are you sleeping? What, what are your stress levels? Like, you know, are, do you have, you know, a sort of, um, you know, ways that you're managing this. So just, again, that's why my business is called what it is, is because it is that whole body approach and, and giving people support in between sessions. So, you know, I I find with so many people on this autoimmune Lyme hormone space, they just have these appointments and are thrown to the wolves to figure it out on their own. And I really make an effort to hold my client's hands and to walk them through it every step of the way. And kind of back to what you were just saying earlier, I'm, I always say that I think Lyme and was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it because, you know, I get to help people on being on the other side of them on, on the other side of this and give them that hope and give them things that I, I didn't have when I was going through it. And so, um, you know, I, I would do that all over again to, to be able to do what I, I do now. Yeah. So for those who are, are listening and maybe they're wondering, Hmm, I don't know if like this course is for me, like what, what do you have to say to them for maybe anyone who's struggling or, you know, some words of advice or wisdom to be like, no, <laughs> come, come talk to me, come receive help. Cause I'm, I'm sure that it's, it's really life-changing to be in control of your illness instead of letting your illness be in control of you. Yeah, totally. And I think it's really helpful for my clients to sit with someone that actually knows how they feel, especially Lyme. It's something that a lot of people aren't believed that they have it. And so I think it's really comforting again, for people to sit with someone who can actually empathize. Um, but you know, I understand that there is people who are sick or tired, right? You've been to so many doctors and done so many things. And so I think a couple options, if you're you know, maybe not sure about working together or whatever it is, is I have tons of free things on my website. You can find yummy recipes. I have my own podcast where, um, you know, I talk about my Lyme journey. I talk about food and, and taking care of myself and interview amazing people. And so I would say just kind of, yeah, you can get to know me through a lot of those free resources that I have. Um, and then I also just offer free discovery calls. So if people are, just curious about, okay, how does it look to work one-on-one together? You can schedule those free calls on my website. Awesome. And and what's your website and how can people find you? Absolutely. So my website is wbhnutritionco.com. And then social media wise, I'm most active on TikTok and Instagram, which is just at whole body healing. And then you can listen to the whole body healing podcast as well. Awesome. I'll put that stuff um, in the show notes and backing up a little bit. I do have one more question for you. I know we talked, we talked a lot about like the nutrition aspect of, um, you know, dealing with autoimmune or chronic illness. Um, But how about 
the exercise aspect. I'm curious because I know a lot of people, especially with how diet culture is, you're expected to work out every day. And if you don't work out, then it's like you're a failure. And I'm sure I, I can't speak from experience, but I'm sure that dealing with autoimmune illnesses and chronic diseases like is exhausting where you physically can't work out or have a hardcore workout every day. So how do you approach that? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked that because it's such a fine, fine line. Um, you know, pre my health going the way it did, I was an athlete. I used to run marathons. I used to get back from work and literally run like 20 miles after work. And, and I always say I was like actually just running away from everything (laughs) because it's, you know, it was that release. And then I got sick and simultaneously tore my ACL. And so I I physically couldn't move. Um, and so kind of similar to what I was saying with that balance of, you know, okay, I, I need to eat this way the majority of time, or I found that I've had to really, um, really figure out. And it took a while of how much exercise can I handle? What kind of exercise can I handle? And similar to what you're saying with food, it really has been this matter of, of trial and and error. So, you know, this sounds silly, but it really is true where it's like, I, you will never find me in a hit class. You will never find me sprinting on a treadmill. (laughs) Like I can't do a yoga sculpt class, but a slow, hot class. Great. I can do Pilates for 45 minutes, but I'm not going to do it for an hour. I can ride the bike, but I cap it at 30 minutes. So I think a lot of it was figuring out, okay, I know this kind of workout doesn't work for me. Oh, this one does. Okay. This one does, but I can't do it for super long because I find that even though I'm in remission from Lyme and even though that I've really come to the other side of it, exercise can really be something that wears me out a ton. And I think what I see a lot too, with my clients is you get these bursts in these moments where you're like, Oh, I feel well. Okay. I'm going to go run 20 miles. And that's like, no, 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 no. You, you can't do that. And so I like to share with people when you're on that healing journey and you have those bursts of, Oh, I'm feeling better. I'm going to go back to my normal self. That's when you need to rest even more. Um, so yeah, to your point, I think it was a bit of, of, of trial and error. And then just so much grace with yourself in that process of, when there were times when I did too hard of a class and I was like, Oh man, that was too much. And, you know, five years after I quit running, I started running a little bit here and there. And one day I ran three miles. I was fine. And the next day I did three and a half and I was toast and that was too much. And then now I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to run at all. I'm cool with walking. So I think it was, yeah, a lot of trial and error, a lot of grace in that process. Um, my friends know, never invite me to a berries class. They know too <laughs> that I don't do hard hikes since we live in Colorado. Like I have I'm very clear about what I will and, and won't do. But, um, and then I would share too of, um, if you are someone that's so sick to the point where like, you can't get out of bed, which was where I went from marathoning to not hardly being able to move at times. I would say that you know, sometimes even just a two minute walk outside, like that counts. And it's so much more about just using exercise, not as punishment, but as something that's really restoring you. And, and that can be a five minute walk that can be a restorative or a yin yoga class where you're literally just laying there with bolsters and and pillows and basically taking a nap. And, And that counts too. So yeah, I'm more about using exercise as something that 
is restorative and feels yummy, but, um, not as, not something that's too much or a punishment for you. Yeah. I love that. I think that's why it's so important to just really listen to our body instead of being like, well, I was able to run a marathon last year. I should be able to do it this year. And, you know, we talked about, you know, not finding your identity in your illness or your disease, but we shouldn't put our identity in other things as well. Like, oh, I was a marathon runner and now I'm not. Yeah. It doesn't make you any less of who you are. And I even, I just did a race yesterday actually. And one of the ladies who was in the race, she, we were running, it was a 10 K at the end of the triathlon that we did. And she was like, yeah, like I used to be a marathon runner and now like this 10 K is so hard. And it was, she's like, it's kicking my butt. And she seemed like really disappointed in herself. And I'm just like, I think it's so awesome that like you're still here and you're still doing it. And just because something was easier for you years ago, doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. And I, I just think it's not fair to compare ourselves to maybe older versions of ourselves. And just because yeah. we can't, we could, we can't reach that doesn't mean that we're any less worthy. hundred percent. And perhaps this slower, gentler version of yourself is, you know, might be healthier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I I'm so with you. Awesome. Well, do you have any, um, I guess, last words or words of encouragement for those listening who are maybe, you know, struggling with, with their health and just letting them know that there's hope. Yeah. I mean, exactly that. My biggest thing, whether someone works with me or doesn't work with me is I always just want people to know that, that healing's possible and that there's another side to life with chronic illness. Um, and then most importantly too, is that, you know, your body is for you, not against you your body wants to heal itself and your body's on your side. It's, it's not against you. So believe that. And I think that what people are so often told when they're diagnosed with these conditions is like, okay, your body's attacking itself. There's no cure. You're going to have this forever. See you later. And I just think that's a bunch of garbage and your body's not against you. It's, it's on your side. So healing's possible and and you got your body on your team. Awesome. I totally agree with that. Thank you again for coming on. And like I said earlier, I'll put all your information in the show notes so our listeners can reach out with you and work with you and find you and follow you on social media. So thank you again, Georgia. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to chat with you. All right, you guys, that is it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Georgia Gray. Make sure to go reach out to her and follow her on social media. And if you guys like and enjoy this podcast, please take 30 seconds to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts or um, rate this podcast on Spotify. It would mean so much to me. All right, you guys, have an amazing day, an amazing rest of your week, and I'll catch you in the next episode.